Hey, welcome everyone. This is House Show, Press Pause Radio's wrestling podcast. And uh, we're going to be talking about All Elite Wrestling and their most recent pay-per-view in November. I'm sorry, not November. Wow. September. September 5th. September 5th, thank you. Uh, that voice you're hearing is uh, my very good friend, Pristel, a.k.a. Bug Knights, a.k.a. Knights Broadway. And hey. <laughs> overall, one of the best people I know. Pristel, how you doing? Thank you so much. Hey, LMAO, you know, Andrew, no games, no gimmicks. Uh, I'm really, I'm really glad to be here tonight. You know, I love to talk about some wrestling. I'm a total mark, uh, but not the bad kind. At least I don't think so. No, but, and, and I think you have the the positive energy that we want on something like this. I actually did discuss briefly on the last episode. You know, I think that the best kind of wrestling is the wrestling you like to watch. And I don't really subscribe to like that Mark mentality of like, we're going to gatekeep what kind of wrestling is good and what wrestling you should like. So right. I appreciate you saying that because that is definitely kind of a, a, you know, that is a mantra that I would like to kind of make sure is, is a big part of this. So I appreciate that. That's your energy coming into it. Yeah, definitely. Wrestling is that realm where there's something for everybody. Like there's every type of, uh, every type of wrestling fan, uh, you, you can find your little niche in, in, uh, in this sport, in Probably this now, great sport of wrestling, now more than ever too, which is you know there's so much. Maybe not right now at this moment in time, because of the pandemic, we're you know unfortunately not able to have a lot of shows from other promotions. But uh, AEW, you know WWE, a lot of those guys are still going strong. Um, I kind of wanted to ask you too. I know that you kind of got really big into AEW at its inception. And, and I kind of want to just maybe go back a little before that and kind of, you know, ask you kind of where wrestling started for you uh, as a fan. Okay. And, and kind of how that kind of evolved into the AEW product once it started becoming more of a, a reality. Wow. So my, like, my wrestling origin story, basically. Sure. Like, yeah, okay. absolutely. So um, I I didn't get into wrestling really in the, the attitude era of the, you know, the rock stone cold steve austin type type era i knew of it back then but i wasn't really totally engaged with it until uh around the time of like 2004 2005 2006 uh when i was watching like i was a really big fan of eddie guerrero and booker t and um like ray mysterio um and things like that mm -hmm. and then um kind of fell off after a couple of years i mean i was a, i was a fan of john cena as well but like after like after so many years like around like 06 i stopped watching oh, oh and matt hardy of course matt hardy okay. um but uh but after that i kind of fell off for a few years and then i didn't get back into wrestling until i heard uh after the the um, the injury of daniel bryan Mm -hmm. And when I got into the story of him being that underdog and like fighting the the authority and getting like, it was not just the character, but it was yeah. also the story of of the character's triumph. It was very it was very shonen, very anime esque, and around that time, that's I was like kind of uh, dabbling in those sorts of things, those avenues as well. And I was like, this is so cool. So it kind of brought me back in. And mm -hmm. I've been watching wrestling probably since about 2013 to current, 
Yeah. But uh, kind of fallen out of favor with keeping up with the weekly episodic television of WWE and even NXT nowadays, but have uh, more shifted over to AEW because the reason I shifted over to AEW is because as I started to grow as a wrestling fan, you know, we all smarten up as we like the more we watch wrestling, most of us, um, by the way, we kind of see the the nuances and kind of like some behind the scenes stuff of like when you become a true fan, you want to know a little bit more about the inner workings of the spectacle and just not like just the spectacle itself. So um, I was kind of learning more about like the, the backstage mentality and then, you know, people getting pushed and people undeservedly getting pushed. And then uh, that was very, that was much of a, like a turnoff to me. Like they wanted to kind of push this uh, corporate uh, agenda, I, I suppose. And like, you know, and I, I just said, you know, that's not necessarily what I what I like about wrestling. And then when I saw AEW beginning to take off, I wasn't really huge into the indie scene or ROH or things like that. But I was a definite fan of uh, like Cody Rhodes and and learning more about like individuals who had left WWE to go to go make uh, other names for themselves. And I just kind of wanted to see what the alternative would have been like. And then also, uh, but then that's what, after like getting, hearing the announcement of AEW and then seeing some of the people they were bringing in, it made me go look them up and then made me fall in love with their characters. And then next thing you know, I'm completely enamored by the whole AEW roster and even the people that they continue to bring in, even if they are from like, uh, other companies or like WWE, like I feel like they come in with something, and I'm just learning so much about them at the same time. Yeah, absolutely, and I think we kind of discussed this briefly on the last episode. Uh, you know, AEW they don't shy away from mentioning other companies, other promotions. Uh, they don't shy away from you know talking about where some of these people have come from, and you know, I think that's a, a detriment to them, kind of you know, not really, I wouldn't say like not belittling, but they're not going to disrespect their audience. Like their audience knows these people and where they've come from. There's no reason to like shy away from it or hide the fact, like we all know what the situation was and and, and is. Um, So they don't really hide away from that uh, so much so that they, like you said, they've brought in people from other promotions and they're having interpromotional matches, which is something I've not seen on like an actual like national product in quite some time. Uh, maybe as far back as like when WCW and ECW used to bring in talents from Japan and Mexico right. and they'd have their promotional matches there. Uh, maybe the only exception is I know NXT a few years back brought in uh, Jushin Thunder Liger to face Tyler Breeze at NXT show, which was kind of a big deal at the time too. Uh, but it wasn't really promoted as here's New Japan Pro Wrestling's Jushin Thunder Liger. It was just here's Jushin Thunder Liger from Japan. Uh, they didn't really make much mention of where he's from, you know, promotional wise. Right. And, you know, WWE has uh, been kind of known to do things like that. They'll make make it seem like other things outside of them don't exist. Right. And, right. And, um, and, you, and you have to acknowledge it. I mean, yeah, you have to acknowledge it. Like yeah. these people have had careers outside of this that have gotten them this far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So going into this uh, event all out, which is kind of, I would say, AEW's flagship show, um, 
because they really only run this and Double or Nothing, I think, is like their main, you know, pay-per-views per se. Right. Um, and I'll be honest, like, I watched this the night of, and I've just recently kind of had a chance to go back and revisit it. I remember the night of not being very impressed about the show. It just felt a little off. I don't know if it was because it was in the same venue that they've been doing all their other shows in. Right. Uh, or it was just the matches that were announced. It just it felt kind of lackluster to me. Because um, I know All Out, like I've seen some match of the year uh, performances at an All Out. I went and, last year, yeah. So, okay, yeah. And, and it, maybe you can speak to that a little bit. Because, uh, yeah, I forgot you'd actually been uh, to it live in Chicago, I believe, right? Yeah, yep, last year. Uh, mm-hmm. It was uh, August 31st, I believe. Yeah. And uh, at, the, at the Sears Center. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I went. I actually went there, and that was where they had, you know, the inaugural uh, AEW World Championship match between uh, Hangman Page and Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. There was the Cracker Barrel battle. Well, no, the Cracker Barrel triple threat between Joey Janela, uh, a recently fired. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness, I forgot the man's name, but I'm Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy, Jimmy Havoc, Havoc yeah. and then. Mm-hmm. Um, Darby Allen and I was a huge Darby Allen fan, like going into this show. But say, yeah, yeah, and then there was I think uh, Private Party wrestled that night. Lucha Bros and Young Bucks. Bucks, yeah. Which I think yeah. was that the ladder match, if I'm not yeah, mistaken, the for ladder. the for the for the AAA tag team titles. Yeah, and they I know uh, there was like a there was a wonderful table spot. Like it was, yeah. But that that show, yeah. Like I'll remember being on my feet a good. 85% of that show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully when live events become more of a common thing, um, you know, we'll get back to going to live shows. I, I really want to try to make an effort to go to a lot of shows next year, so hopefully that'll be the case going forward. Same here, same here. I would really enjoy really enjoy doing that as well. I uh, But I do agree with you about this current show. Okay. Be- because... um. Now, I went into this show with uh, as much optimism as I could because knowing that it wasn't going to feel like all out last year. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess maybe with the current situation, maybe it's it, you got to give it a little bit of credit, you know. Right. Uh, it can't necessarily operate at that level. So, But, that, I mean, you, you know, those are some world-class performers, so you know they're still very capable of putting on. I feel like they could, they could put on a great show, uh, but it – but also that just the just the factor of the audience being there is so it's so vital to just the overall feel of the show mm-hmm. in in my perspective but um yeah going into this show there were a couple things that uh like just on the card just just the, just looking at the card kind of um made me question a couple of things like you know do we really need this here <laughs> but yeah sure, there was sure. But I mean, I'm not, I'm no bookie, but there was a, just a, like a few things where I'm like, eh, yeah, like there were some very impressive things, but there were definitely some things that you would not want to write home about, about this show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I guess like gut instinct, what's the first thing that comes to mind that you maybe thought was not necessary for this event? Uh, oh my goodness. Matt Hardy almost dying. Sure. Yeah. And I, it, that was, that was kind of, that was hard to watch. I mean, I've seen like screen grabs of it. Uh, cause I guess I wasn't really paying too much attention when he actually hit. I just remember seeing they were wrestling and there was something like about a, like a golf cart. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they're like on this like scaffold 
Like, yeah, you know, the, like, like the scissor lift. Like it happened really quick, and I was like, oh, like I didn't really. Okay, like I didn't know that we were going to that already, but I think it was because they had stopped the match after his head hit, and then like kind of just went went right to the let's climb up the scaffold and you get knocked off. Like let's go to the finish real quick. Right. Um. Yeah, because of that hit, and yeah. yeah or Matt we, Hardy, man. <laughs> right, but I mean, if you want, we can we can talk more about that match when we like go down to the car. But yeah, that was like one of the first things that I thought of when um. Like when going back on reflecting the sh- reflecting on the show, that's just something that you're not going to be able to overlook. Like that's going to be the blemish. On yeah, because it's a scary thing, you know, yeah. for sure to have that kind of injury happen on on, on live show. Uh, it can be, you know, pretty pretty uh, especially for him. And you know, he I can't imagine how many concussions that dude's got in his career. But you know, you don't want to add too many more to the list. Right. Um, but what gonna, about you? Yeah, my gut reaction, honestly, the uh, Mimosa Mayhem match. Really? Okay, well that's a definitely positive spin on it. Like uh, like I I like Jericho and I like Orange Cassidy and I think, you know, a, a third match uh was fine with their rivalry. I just didn't like the whole let's have vats of, you know, orange juice around the ring that you have to throw your opponent into. It just seemed very gimmicky. Um It was very Nickelodeon esque. <laughs> you know? That's yeah. It's a good like, way. I mean, except with not like, in, like not I mimosa, imagine, but I imagine he comes out with like a flag in his hand or something. Like he just, you know, like, got the next part of the, the obstacle course. Yeah, if it could if it was if it if it was slime, I would have believed it, you know? <laughs> like if it was slime, I definitely would have been like, Oh my goodness, yeah. Nickelodeon yeah, gas yeah. AW S- match. Sponsored by like, you know, yeah. S- Snick or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, right. All of that. But yeah, that was a really that was a really fun match too. Um, yeah, I I just didn't like the gimmick of it. Like I thought that just a match for a match's sake would have been fine. Um, yeah, but you know, but yeah, but still, I think they carried that match pretty well. Uh, regardless, they did. Mm-hmm. But um, so so you what um from the top of the card though, right? The the start yeah. of the show was what the the tooth and nail match. Which I didn't understand why this was on the main card either. Like it originally was slated for, I think, the pre-show, and then got pushed up to the main card. And I don't know if it's just because there was a lack of like different kinds of matches going into it. Um, I I don't know much about Britt Baker. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know much more about Big Swole. Like I, I really don't know either. Uh, you know their careers that well. Um, you know, and the match seemed like you know it was like. They need to kind of get outside of the ring. They need to do things kind of on sets, which, you know, to their credit, that's worked on other AEW shows like the uh, Stadium Stampede. And I know WWE's ran shows where they've done kind of those more like... Uh, like the Money in the Bank. Like like more like produced, yeah, matches and produced segments, which have worked pretty well. But right. uh, I, this one, I, you know... it Yeah, it was kind of... Uh, now, it was... It was, it was like... To me, it was kind of like a delightful wreck, you know? It was, um, <laughs> yeah. It was definitely not like your typical wrestling match. Typical, you weren't, you, sure. you weren't, you weren't going to get some, uh, you weren't going to get like a five star classic here, but it was going to be like somewhat of a gimmicky blow off or supposed blow off between Big Swole and Britt Baker. I've been keeping up with their rivalry a little bit. It is more on like the comedic side of things. Because, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. But I um I still do appreciate um both of these women. Actually all of the women that are involved in the whole uh storyline. Because mm-hmm. uh and I know Big Swole she does she does podcasting a bit on uh Isaiah Swerve Scott's podcast. 
Okay. And she goes on and she talks about things like this. But in regards to the um, the actual match, like between her and Britt, like I didn't really see the necessity for it being on the card, but I also heard it was due to fan backlash. Like the fans wanted um, oh, wow. Britt so the, yeah, and yeah. Swole to be on the show. So they pushed it up to the well, main good. card. That, that that's definitely a positive thing then for sure to kind of give fans what they want and also give them the exposure they need for sure i just feel like they're kind of like they're they're you know unfortunately a little like that's kind of a hard thing to pull off you know like you're kind of yeah. going into it already like this is a gimmicky kind of a thing it, it wasn't a great way to start the show in my in my honest opinion i don't think it was a strong start but they did i feel like they did what they could yeah, and I, I kind of just assumed it maybe because maybe it was Britt wasn't necessarily cleared to wrestle, like, mm-hmm. you know, 100%. And so they kind of had to do this as, like, a, uh, you know, a, as a... Uh, Something like to hold she, them over. Like, she's having a match, but maybe not in the ring kind of a thing. But I don't know the specifics of if she was cleared or not. Um, You know, that I don't know. Right. Uh, But, yeah, I, I guess knowing that that was a fan-demanded match, that actually makes it definitely more... Like, it should be on the card for sure. I just, you know... Maybe them one-on-one match in the ring, you know, to me, like the gimmick stuff for me is, is always going to be like, you don't have to do that. You can just have a good match and, and let, let that stand for itself. Right. But credit to, uh, credit to Brit, Brit Baker though, because she definitely took a syringe to the leg during okay. this match. So that was actually a legitimate thing. Wow. Yeah. She took a syringe to the leg and, uh-uh. you know, even being a, being a, a doctor herself, I don't know. I, like I, like I an actual doctor, like a legit doctor. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. No, no. I mean, push come to shove. If someone told me to do that, I, yeah, no no good. I will say, though, I've watched death matches where they've taken syringes to each other's cheeks. Wow. It, it, it's a, it's pretty gruesome, you know, so uh, people are kind of squeamish, uh, you know, uh, fair warning. But, yes, yeah, so there's some death matches, especially in Japan, where they take the syringe and they put it through their mouth and it goes out their cheek, you know. Oh. It's it's brutal stuff. So she has a career in deathmatch wrestling if she really wants to, taking spots like that. Yeah, I can see it. And then uh, outside of that, the only other thing, only other couple of things that probably stood out in the match were, um, I think there was uh, somebody got tossed in a dumpster. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a like a Tom and Jerry esque get hit with a metal tray spot. Which, if you're in any kind of medical setting, it's like necessary. You have to use that. Yeah, they did all the medical gimmicks. They like somebody got sprayed with the, the the teeth cleaning water gun, and yeah, just all that little hokey stuff, which was uh-huh. which was neat. But um, as, as of like wrestling moves, I don't I don't really remember. Like any specific like impactful moves or anything like that. Sure. Well, uh, um, I think Big Swell came out the winner of this match. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. I, I think that after, well, wasn't it like after she took the syringe, like she kind of like got pinned shortly after that. Oh yeah, yeah, her leg went numb, <laughs> and then Big Swell mounted her on top of the the dentist chair, and then and then gassed her. Put her. Oh, to sleep. okay. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, uh, but I, I think that they would have started the show proper. They should have started it with the, the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express. I think that was a very good tag team match. And I think it could have definitely set the pace for the rest of the show if they would have went with that first, which is maybe maybe that was their plan to begin. I, I don't know. I think that would have been a great way to start the show. Um, that would have been, been a hot match. How do you feel about Young Bucks, like, cocky, arrogant Young Bucks from, like, back in, like, New Japan days? Like, how do you feel about this, like, possible turn we're seeing with the young bucks now i actually uh okay so i hadn't been following them 
since then, but I have been kind of doing like retracing the steps of history to kind of get an idea of who they were a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love I love suck it young bucks. Suck it young bucks are great. They right? they yeah they were cocky. Um, they would really honestly get legitimately like in in hot water with a lot of promotions, a lot of other wrestlers, just because they were you know they they knew they were the best and they would tell you pretty often. Uh, and it definitely didn't sit well with a lot of people. So. I think them kind of going back to that is maybe what their end goal is. And that's, yeah, love them or hate them. They were, they were still the best tag team. And I think that's kind of their, their demeanor now. And they showed forward. that tonight. I mean, and they showed that that night. On, they uh, did. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they were, they were getting in like jungle boys face and you know, there's some pretty stiff spots uh, during that match for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were definitely, and they were, Bullying Marco Stunt as well. Yeah. <laughs> poor Marco Stunt. Right, poor Marco Stunt. Cr- cr- crutch and everything. But he was poking the bear a few times, you know. He was he he wasn't innocent and all that. Mm-hmm. But um so next up was uh after the Swole and Baker match, uh was the Battle Royal, correct? I think it was either the Bucks and Jurassic Express or it could have been the, the Battle Royale. It was one or the other. Oh. If it was the Bucks and uh, Jurassic Express, then yeah. I, um, going back to the Bucks and Jurassic Express, I um, there. I don't know if do you keep up with BTE? I do actually. Yeah, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really enjoying this whole uh, dynamic of Luchasaurus getting over the fear of doing a Canadian Destroyer. Like, I just want to see him do it. So now I guess I missed that part of the uh, BTE segment. So he's been struggling with wanting to do a Canadian Destroyer. Yes, he's. Uh, it's been kind of like this running gag of that he'll get set up for situations to where he could do a Canadian destroyer on somebody, <laughs> okay. but he's too afraid to do it, so he <laughs> won't. So he won't go for the Canadian destroyer, and um, and like, and in like backstage segments or like on BT, you know, Matt and Nick will poke fun at him and say like. You know, Canadian destroyer is like what you learn on your first day of wrestling class. It's like, at this point, I mean, everyone can do it. You know? Yeah, it's like what did they say? If, they said collar, elbow, tie up, hip toss, Canadian, Canadian destroyer. destroyer. Right. If, yeah. if, if Ricky Morton can do it, and he's in his, I think, seventies now, or pretty damn close to his seventies, and he's doing Canadian destroyers. Yes, that is probably the move that everyone learns now. <laughs> Irish whip into Canadian, Canadian destroyer, destroyer. Yeah. and then and then and then schoolboy roll up. Oh yeah. That's mm-hmm. it. That's yeah. the match of the year, right that's there. The com- that's the combo, pretty much. That's all you need. <laughs> that sounds so but, good. So, so has he hit the the destroyer yet? He has not. Not well, oh, not to wow. my knowledge. Uh, to so my now knowledge. I'm invested in this. Now, now I want to see it happen. Yeah, I'm definitely cool. invested in uh, just BT period. But sure. Uh, and then the Bucks came out the winners of this, mm-hmm. and um, they didn't even use um, Meltzer Driver. Meltzer Driver. Can they? Yeah. Can they even call it that? I mean, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know if they can still call it now that they're actually with an organization. Um, but we all know it's it's the Meltzer driver, right? So I mean, yeah. If they call it something else, like we're not we're not fooled. Um, how did they finish? And was it just with like a super kick, or I actually don't remember what the no, finish was. No, it was a uh, BT trigger. Oh, that's right, the knees. Yeah, yeah. double knees yeah, yeah. to Jungle Boy, laid him out, and then um, mm-hmm. you know they got the three count clean. But definitely aggressive young bucks. Um, I do like this uh, very cocky, arrogant them themselves. Uh, they I want them to chant "suck it" thirteen times in a match, and and just everybody just gonna do it too. So yeah, uh, I I can see them going forward being 
uh, yeah, I, I think that that arrogance. But them them being heels, I just don't think works. Like you can't make those guys heels. Like as hard as they try, they're they're not going to. Yeah. I, I guess even even like in their previous like ventures, even them trying to be heels, like in Bullet Club and other organizations, like it never could be possible. Um, right. They so. they they're Christian AF. They uh. This is true. Yeah. This, so and that's like that's their whole gimmick. Like they you know it's 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 like hard. It's <laughs> for them I, to be so sour but so sweet, you know? I could see them if they wanted to really push the angle of, like, you know, we're dicks. I think if they push the fact that they are, like, VPs of the company mm-hmm. and just use that to their advantage to, like, get matches booked or to get, like, favor, you know, and kind of, like, become, like, a corporate Young Bucks, I, oh. I could see I could see that becoming maybe a, a decent angle. Yeah. Yeah, that could uh, be that's- because no one else really plays that up. Like, Cody doesn't play it up. Like, no one plays it up that they're, like, in charge of the company. They just kind of like, hey, we're wrestlers, and we happen to be, you know, co-owners of it. But no one really acknowledges that. I think if they, like, full-on acknowledged it and just used that in storylines, I think that could definitely make them pretty hated. Right. So check this out. I love the storyline, but now mm-hmm. now hear me out. Okay. Now imagine that, that whole gimmick, but going to Hangman instead. Drunk corporate hang. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. Dr- drunk corporate VP hang- hangman. Making horrible decisions, making terrible <laughs> business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what kind of show I think I'd run. But you know, <laughs> I'm not Tony Khan. Uh but that's that's funny though. I I would watch your version. I think your version sounds very good. Thank you, man. I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, so you mentioned briefly the, the Battle Royale, which um, I kind of knew going into this who was going to win it. Like, I think, you know, like you have a certain wrestler who's kind of a standout monster right now. Like, it's almost like if you put Brock Lesnar into the Battle Royale, like, you're pretty confident who's going to win the thing. Right. But I am excited because there was one man that lasted the entire, well, most of the entire thing and then was, like, the last one to he says he wasn't eliminated, but you know he was the last to go. Who said he wasn't eliminated? Yeah, Eddie Kingston. That's... Yeah, said said he was never eliminated. Okay, so this this is what I want you to do, and I know this is sure. your show, but I want you to take this with like just you know as sweet as possible. Okay, you're gonna have that's our man. That's that's not just your man. That's our man. I love Eddie Kingston, and we're not alone. I think that him getting signed to AEW is maybe like. Like, I felt like I achieved something just by being a fan of his, and he made it, so, like, I felt, like, a little bit like we made it. Right, yeah. <laughs> like, like he's, he's kind of, like, the people's wrestler that, you know, got onto this, like, main stage, finally, yeah. after so long. It's a beautiful thing, and, mm-hmm. like, to see him to see him shine in that match like that, it's just, uh, again, like, AEW doing exactly what we wanted them to do like we they know we love eddie kingston and they know we want to see eddie kingston do well for himself and his first night on pay-per-view he was the last man in the uh in the casino battle royal and there's a whole storyline quote unquote about him not being eliminated yep so wonderful stuff wonderful yeah. stuff um, and there were some surprises in this, like uh, Matt Seidel showing up uh, uh-huh. and unfortunately having not not the best, uh, you know, beginning to his debut. Uh, had a little bit of a a botch at the beginning. Yeah, but it- but th- but thankfully it was was uh, explained in detail at you know in the I don't know if you've seen the latest BTE. I did. I yeah. yes, I did, <laughs> and I think that 
is absolutely genius. Sure, they, sure. They couldn't have done. They couldn't have done a better job at so, cleaning yeah. that mess up. Yeah, sorry, Matthew. You can't uh, throw that in your next botch of mania. Like it's it's all storyline. Uh, there's no botch there. Right, all storyline. It it was a work. <laughs> yeah, uh, the whole time the, they whole had you fooled time. the whole time. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it was very unfortunate seeing it that night because I think uh, after in in the battle royal in the battle royal like earlier we just seen uh. Brian Cage, I almost swore. I'm not sure if I can swear here or not. No, but, you can. You're fine. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah, we have we have an explicit tag. We're good. All right, awesome. But yeah, I saw Brian Cage. He just uh, tossed Darby Allen in that body bag full of thumbtacks, and he hit he hit the stairs. It was a bad spot, and I'm like Darby, like you need to stop with all this, dude. Like I get it. Like like you you have no disregard for your body. You are you know you are channeling the Mick Foley spots. You know like the nasty plunges. Uh, but yeah, something's gotta give, man. Like, I would not expect them to be like, "Hey, fully, fully encase me in this like body bag, and and then just toss me where I don't know where I'm gonna land." Like, that's some scary stuff. And and he's just, and you know, somebody's gotta, you know, be the voice of reason. To Step say, in like, and be like, "Okay, dude. <laughs> all right, you guys have got to stop." <laughs> I mean, like, mm-hmm. or at least make it safer or something. Yeah. I mean, it was a cool spot, but like, I was like, "Ooh, damn!" Like, really? Like, I don't know if I you should be doing that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty pretty gnarly for sure. Um, but let's see. Will Will Hobbs Will Hobbs was had a great showcase that night. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh got some offense, and he was actually supposed to be the one to take the the shooting star press from Matt Seidel. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. But you can see, like, in footage, like, he rolls over to check on him to see if he's all right. But, um, yeah, I know he uh, – I think he got up. His mouth was bloodied uh, after, like, having an exchange with Brian Cage or something like that. But but, um, but at the same time, um, even though the Battle Royal, I thought, like, the people who stood out, and especially with Eddie Kingston, that was great. But I barely remember anyone else. Like I remember Sean Spears, he even came out and sat at the commentary table, and I thought that was like pretty interesting, and that was going to turn into something really, uh, maybe fun for the match. But next thing you know, he kind of goes in and gets eliminated, and I'm like, okay, so what was that supposed to be about? <laughs> yeah, like like what was that supposed to lead to something, or like were they missing spots, or yeah, but, uh, uh, I don't know. But I, like I said, I think going into it, like I knew like Lance Archer would be probably like the you know the favorite to win it which is i don't know like he's fine i don't have anything with him i just i kind of wish like we had that underdog story of like royal rumble or battle royale matches like mysterios and the yes i'm going to mention his name benoit's uh you know before where like they're the underdogs going into these matches but they are able to pull it out right, right. um you know, and I guess like knowing he was going to probably end up winning the thing, but yeah, if Kingston would have taken it, at least they gave us that. They gave us that glimmer of hope, and I was like, oh man, if you guys do this, like I will, right? I will endorse your product <laughs> forever. Like please, like give me Kingston title match, yes please. Kingston versus Moxley, or which which would or be MJF? Yeah, exactly. Whoever whoever wins uh, in the main event, yeah, yeah. But maybe maybe next time. But knowing that it was teased was enough for me to at least think, hey, like they're you know they have a finger on the pulse. They kind of know what people are hoping for. 
Like, I can see Eddie Kingston becoming a TNT champion. Watch this. This whole pet podcast is going to just turn into the uh, Eddie Kingston podcast. Hey, if you <laughs> if you want to do an episode down the road where we just do an appreciation episode for Eddie Kingston, I'm oh I'm I'm perfectly okay with that. I would I would love to, man. That man cut a promo a whole promo on a cookie on a cookie, and he did it like I was a little teary eyed. I was like, man, right. I believed him. Like you were fighting for this cookie family that you're trying to <laughs> trying to start. Right, listen to us. We want him to be give him the title. Give him the title now. Just yep. do it. Yep. Uh, 2020, man. If anything good had come from this year is Eddie Kingston got into AEW, so at least there is some hope. Um and yeah, so going into the next match, the uh, Broken Rules match, which I I think obviously because of Matt's injury probably was cut a little bit short. Um and man, like something about this match, like the build up to it was great and then the the match itself, I just it left a lot to be desired, but unfortunately, I think it is because of his uh, his concussion. But I gotta say, the build up to it was amazing. Like the you know him getting bloodied by the chair shot, and and just like the back and forth between those two on the episodes leading to it was was cool. Um, and Sammy is nuts. Like <laughs> that right. dude does some stuff. I'm like, dude. Like I thought he had done enough when he got hit by the, like the golf cart. You know, back during Stadium Stampede, but man, he just he takes some some pretty crazy spots. He does, and you know, he, he's cocky, but he's super talented too. Like he he can back it up. Very, yeah, and I you know you gotta appreciate Sammy for things like that because uh, even though in the past couple of matches it just seems like he's been a little bit dangerous, but he's still uh, he's definitely a risk taker. He will definitely like do what he can to make uh, the match not. Not just get over for himself, but get the match over for both of you. So, um... yeah, agreed. Like he he knows how to make himself look good, but also make his opponent look good too, which um is is a difficult balance, you know, for for any performer. Um, and then you said you were a Matt Hardy fan from like years past. So, like, how do you feel about him being in AEW now? I I love that the again like just AEW is letting their just their roster be who they are, just be free with their characters and, uh, you know, get the, just a chance to experiment. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, everybody wanted Broken Matt in WWE. But then, you know, we had to get uh, great value, woken-ass Matt. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it wasn't the same. But then in AEW, they just said, hey, Matt, go just go do what you want, man. And do, do all of your gimmicks. Like, do, do all of them. <laughs> Time at the same want. time, yeah. And then when they did that at the stadium stampede, I remember my hands were on my head, just like you, you can do these like sorts of things. But then it just reminded me, like, no, that's just the the bubble WWE made you think that uh, wrestling could um, could only be constricted into these certain things. But no, like Matt got to do whatever he wanted, and I was happy for him because he was happy. So that's. Yeah, that's how I feel about Matt being an AEW. I'm just happy he's happy. Yeah, and, and I think he does have an ability to bring up younger talent, and you know he has a lot of obviously a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom. Um, you know, so I think he's able to bring up a lot of younger talent along with him still being relevant, him still, you know, being a part of the show. So I think it works out well for everyone. But it was just it was definitely unfortunate to just see. Uh, yeah, because. Like, um, you know, after he had hit, like we, like I was kind of in disbelief for a little bit. I was like, "Oh, I think he might have hit the table." It just was a uh, shot, kind of, uh, kind of suspect in that way. Like Suspicious the way he kind of rolled. Yeah. yeah. 
And then it kind of maybe just like looked like that. But then when I saw he was wasn't moving and they threw up the X, I was like, oh my goodness, please. Yeah, like the X when it's not part of a storyline, like you kind of know the difference. Like you know when it's like legit, when it's like oh, like this is they're gonna bring out a stretcher now, and you know he's gonna get thrown off the stretcher. Like no, this is legit. Right. They've uh, they rung the bell, and I was like, oh, okay, so so this is a wrap. But then when. Matt got up and started yelling for Sammy, and then they rang the bell again. I'm like, wait, but wait a minute, <laughs> you just, guys. Just are Hardy have to just pick. calling an audible, probably at that point. Yeah, he just uh, he he did the the show must go on, and I I don't I I don't approve of that. Like, I mean, yeah, Matt's a grown man and he's capable of making his own decisions, but I still feel that uh, we could have we as fans. We definitely could have waited. We could have, and sympathized with a, hey, like, you're hurt, like, take take it a little bit easier. But you're yeah, right, that mentality of, like, hey, like, you wrestle hurt, or you wrestle, you know, yeah, the show must go on. Like, that's not, no. Like, like we're, we're, we're grown, we're grown up people, man. Like, we can wait. Like, we're yeah, not entitled to where happen. we think, yeah, injuries do happen. We're aware of that, especially when you take, you know, pretty, pretty nasty spots like that. And the spot was kind of unnecessary. I agree. Yeah, like, I agree. There, I felt there was no reason to, you know, to you know, be on a scissor lift and go through ta- go through tables like that early, like that. Like I was wondering, like if that was that was probably like one of the first like early spots of the match. Like, it really if, was if not the first spot outside of the go kart. It part, was, yeah, it was very early on. Like it was like he missed him with the golf cart go kart thing, and then like. They kind of proceeded their way towards the scissor lift. Like, it was, like, the next thing. Yeah, and then, so I was, like, so what else were they planning after that, you know? <laughs> Good point, yeah. What like, else would they have tried to do? Yeah, like, if it was that early in the match, like, my goodness, I hope, like, mid-match wasn't going to be, like, anything worse. But. Yeah. Well, hopefully, yeah, but thankfully it didn't get to that point. They they wrapped it up pretty quick. Yeah, they did. They wrapped it up pretty quick. So, and, and Matt, uh, I think he came out and was talking about like him being okay and things like yeah, that. Yeah, uh Tony Shavani kind of during the broadcast had said like, you know, like they're fine, they're both okay, like just giving like updates, you know, just to make sure they kinda of covered their ass, you know, making sure that like, hey, like he's good, you know. So they did kinda of mention that a few times. Um but yeah, I I will say this next match, I am like I was super in love with this match. Probably one of my matches of the night, maybe I- the match of the night for me. I fell in love with this match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> this, this is uh, Sheeta versus Thunder Rosa, um, which was for the AEW Women's Championship, but Thunder Rosa herself being the NWA Women's Champion, which I have high regard for any uh, NWA. Like, I, I'm a huge NWA fan, so knowing they're still kind of around and you know Thunder Rosa being their Women's Champion is a big deal, in my opinion, and I think this match was... Like, this was going to steal the show, and I think they did. I think they definitely, like, had all eyes on them, and I think they, they left people, like, saying, wow, like, this is this is women's wrestling that, you know, like, it's there, you know? Like, you just have to give it the chance, give it the time. And, you know, I think it went, like, 17 minutes, so, like, they got their time on TV to do right. what they need to do, and it was outstanding. It was it was definitely an outstanding match. They uh, These two women, uh, they worked their asses off that night and it really showed i actually had a, a couple of friends over watching the pay-per-view with me it's like some uh more novice to wrestling 
And in this in this particular match, they were probably the most invested in as well because they just saw like the emotion and then like the underdog story that Sheeta was trying to tell throughout this um throughout this um match. Because Thunder Rosa was definitely, definitely hitting her with a lot of stuff. You, you know, I guess, yeah, I guess I didn't really know that going into it, but you're right. I think they definitely painted Thunder Rosa as, like, the aggressor and Sheeta kind of being the underdog, where Sheeta herself is, like, an absolute, like, monster. Right. Like, like, like when, she, when she has, like, you know, she has in the past has shown that she can really take it to anyone. Yeah. And then Sheeta kind of was like working from behind, and mm-hmm. and there was the spot of the night for me where I forgot exactly what the move was called, but I uh, Sheeta hit one of her like signatures on Thunder Rosa, and Thunder Rosa just kicked out at one, and she had just this uh, just maniacal just look on her face, just mm-hmm. like this crazed look, and I was like, I I yeah. love her. I face need... <laughs> face paint slowly tearing away. Right. You know? And yeah, I was like, absolutely. it's it's such it was such a good like it's a great gif. You know. And yeah, so it was definitely a wonderful spot. Let me it kind of just gave me so much of her character as well, too. So yeah, it was a wonderful, just a wonderful showcase between those two ladies. Yep. And I think they bring different styles to the table. They bring different experiences like it's it's definitely a a culture clash of styles because thunder rosa her herself being you know mostly like trained in mixed martial arts in in lucha uh shida being you know the strong style um you know the japanese style um maybe more i wouldn't say maybe submission based but definitely more of like your um you know more of your technical right And, and and thunder rosa is not afraid to get like a little a little sloppy, like a little like, hey, I'm a strike and hit. You know, her striking game is is on point for sure. Yeah, so, they had they had a couple of strike exchanges, uh, some, some some slugs. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, I like. I was really into this match. This was uh, debatably the match of the night for me. I I agree with you. I would say there's there's one that comes close, or maybe is at the level of this match. But I'd say if I had to pick one, like you know, gut reaction, I'd say it's this one for sure. Um, so yeah, that was great. And then we go into, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of high hopes going into the, the, uh, was it eight man tag? Oh, between the nightmare family and the dark order, which is weird. The nightmare family, but like Scorpio skies in there, like is oh, Scorpio yeah. Sky part of the nightmare family. I don't okay. think so. He's probably know, not nightmare friend, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> nightmare adjacent. Yeah. Nightmare uh, so adjacent. yeah, Matt Cardona, um, formerly known as woo woo woo. Yep. Yeah. You know it. Uh, <laughs> Scorpio Sky, um, QT Marshall, which I'm not too super familiar with. And then, of course, uh, you know, Dustin Rhodes. Gotta love him. I love Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, same. And I am a huge fan of the Dark Order. Uh, I will tell big anyone that. Big fan. Because <laughs> uh, I've always been a big fan of the Super Smash Brothers. Evil uh, Uno. Yeah, Evil yes, Uno yes. and Stu Grayson. And, yeah. and, and Stu Grayson, formerly known as Player One. Uh, yeah, those, those guys are, are definitely like some of my favorite tag team wrestlers. I love Colt Cabana. I love Brody Lee. Like they're all great in my book. Um, so yeah, dark order is definitely good for me. And this match was good. I, I really liked the back and forth between the teams. I liked the chemistry of the dark order. Um, you know, even to the ending to where, you know, you know, Brody Lee is going to be giving it to Colt Cabana in the back. Right. And it's, it's probably going to be a VTE segment afterwards because like, 
uh, Colt going for his, which I gotta say is one of the best looking moonsaults in the game. Uh, but he misses it, you know, hits nothing, and and unfortunately loses it for his team. Oh uh, yeah, that, and, and and you know that's got to be crushing for Colt because he was just on like the winning end of things. Because... Which which is the only reason why he's in the Dark Order, right? Because so, he's so... like he wants to get wins. Like I I couldn't understand the reason why they like he's with the Dark Order. But I get it's just he wants to like you know uh kind of rejuvenate his his win streaks or he wants to like be successful in AEW. So I I get like the you know right the weird partnership, but it always felt kind of awkward that he's part of the dark order. Like, I don't get this cult. Like, why are you part of this team? But I think it works in their dynamic pretty well. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, 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 uh, it's charming in a way. Just kind of like, you know, it's kind of silly. You know, you see Colt Cabana just, he's like, he's in this, uh, kind of weird, like, like weirded out by the whole thing. Yeah. Weirded out by the whole, whole thing. But it's like in such kind of an innocent way. Where it's just like, hey, I'm happy to be here. At least I'm winning now. And then, you know, we're not, you know, like just uh, just putting people's uh, careers in caskets and, you know, burying them live on te- television and stuff like that, you know? Oh, goodness. Yeah, which unfortunately I think he's has fair share of and, you know, other promotions for sure. Right, right. But, um, yeah, this was a really fun match. My uh, the, my friends are not fans of the Dark Order. Oh, that's um, a shame. That's because they all hate Evil Uno specifically. How could you? How could you have? What? I, that's what I said. That is what I said. I was like, "How can you hate spooky pervert man?" I he love is, him. He, he is amazing on Twitter. <laughs> he, he is. He, he has he, a great he, Twitch. He, he he yes he does, and he has an amazing move set for a guy his size. He does. Like, man, that very... makes me sad. Uno is is legit, man. And he has like some. And, and okay, so. You might you might see where I'm coming from, but he even gives me like vibes of Shinsuke Nakamura charisma in the ring, you know? Wow. Okay. Like I feel like he has just kind of like just this unmistakable like that's evil Uno in the ring type mm-hmm. of vibe to him. Now, now he did not used to be evil Uno, and well, I think I mean, that yeah. if fans want to like you know maybe take a, a deep dive into. Um, this tag team from years past, I'd highly recommend checking out some of their stuff in Chikara. Um, they're most notably known for like, they, they did this like meme worthy video years ago where like they did like a finish him thing, like Mortal Kombat. Um, cause, cause a lot of their stuff was video game focused. A lot of their moves, things that they were naming their moves were all Fatality. video game specific. Yeah, yeah. All video game specific. Um, but yeah, he was Uno and, and player one, um, but he did become evil Uno in you know the midst of all that in the indies. Um, so his character has evolved quite a bit in, in his you know in the years past. But um, I would recommend people checking out some of their earlier stuff in Jakara. It's it's pretty good. I have to. I definitely have to check out some of it later too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but that was that was a decent match. I didn't really have a you know real like high hopes going into it, but I thought it did very well. Yeah. Um, you yep. know, and 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 it set and it set up an amazing match between Dustin Rose and Brody, Brody Lee. Yeah, the he, following week, I believe. Yeah, because Brody, uh, oh, not Brody, uh, Dustin. After the match, after their loss, I know he went in the back and he got interviewed, and he just cut this very fiery promo about like you know he hadn't been uh, able to go after gold for quite some time, and it just you know it was nice. It was nice to hear Dustin Rhodes talk talk like that. So, very very candidly and you know like yeah him as a person not so much him as a character right sure sure 
Yeah. Uh, and then this, man, uh, you know, like I'd say this to me may have also been a match of the night contender. A mm-hmm. uh, tag match between uh, FTR and um, Adam Page and Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, yeah. It, it, t- it tells a great story. It really does. Like the whole the whole chemistry, um, and, and you know Cash and and Dax really working as an amazing tag team. You know, seeing the chemistry there and seeing how Page and Omega, you know, just don't really have that fluidity. Like they don't have that chemistry. Right. It's told during the match. Like you can see the strain they have, you know, and obviously it leads to their eventual downfall in the match. But yeah, I think that told an amazing story. And and even so much like with Cash and Dax working on like the leg of Omega, you know, and really like dissecting their opponent, which is classic tag team wrestling. You don't see it very often unless you got some of these throwback wrestlers, you know, of like the era of like the Andersons or the Horsemen, or the Rock and Roll Express. Like, you see those tag teams, and you know they, they, they that's how they operate. That's how they work. Right, yeah. So, yeah, and, definitely a throwback. And, yeah, because FTR are definitely, like, a uh, a by-the-book type of tag team. Sure. And, you know, they... Uh, but, but, yeah, they, they stick to the roots of, like, traditional tag team wrestling. I think uh, even in a couple of segments, they've said, like, FTR stands for follow the rules, you know? So. so so much so that they uh insisted in their contracts that they have the uh tag team ropes in the corners like you have to hold on to the ropes. Right. Which is a weird thing. I don't know if they're doing it to be like cocky cuz that's what the WWE had uh in like instituted in tag team matches or if that's like legitimately what they think tag team wrestling is supposed to have. I don't know. I don't right. know the story behind that, but I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, but then like, you know, they also aren't like above cheating in a way so. and using said ropes yeah using sure said ropes, so you know so fuck the rules at that point so it's like uh, when it benefits us yeah yeah so yeah, yeah. like i and i and i really did really do like that dynamic of that team um and again like i've been kind of pe- uh paying attention to bte they showed um at uh adam page like little remorse when like fighting or like when in this match they just uh kind of just was beating him up. Like, I thought they were going to be more, like, friendly towards him because, uh, you know, uh, he kind of opened, like, kind of welcomed them in with open and open arms. But, um, like, going back to that segment on BTE that I was talking about, I remember specifically there was uh, an instance where, uh, I believe it was Dax. He was, or, uh, yeah, Dax was holding on to one of the tag team championships for Hangman. But then when Hangman was reaching for it back to, you know, kind of like take it back from him, there was like a little tug there because he, he didn't want to let go. So I was like, OK, so it set up like these guys want these championships and they're going to try to figure out how to get them. So I thought I thought that was really cool. And I think it was ultimately they knew that Paige was the weaker of the two in terms of like maybe where he was mentally. And I think that was like psychological mind games uh, that FTR were playing with him to kind of make him feel like. You know, you ruined your friendship with the Bucks and you're going to lose this for your tag team and you you can't carry your weight, you know, like getting into his head even before the match and like acting like they're friends, acting like they are there to help him, but really kind of like instilling this like sense of like, you know, like you're not good enough and you, you know, you can't do this Right. kind, kind of throughout. And it kind of shows in the match too where, you know, they're trying to like, 
act like his friend when they're really not and he just kind of unleashes on them because he knows that like that's been their plan the whole time you know that they've been trying to work them basically right and then now that all leads into you know how does kenny feel about all of these exactly yes and then you kind of saw just like on his face like during the match like you know when he was getting frustrated in like certain situations to where it's like you know their teams their synergy was off or they almost made mistakes in hitting each other and things like that and then you could just see by the end of the match kenny was just so tired of he was just sick of it you know which kind of begs the question because near the end he you know he goes for the uh, um, V trigger and 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 hits Paige like uh, the um, FTR like dodge the the V trigger and, and and Paige gets hit with it but it's kind of I know it's kind of poetic that you know the whole time Omega thought that Paige was going to drop the ball and he was going to screw it up and then ultimately Omega him. himself you know makes the fatal error right and so um, but what but was it. But error. was it? But was it? Yes. Right, and so yeah. I think that's something that may, you know, come to light going forward for sure. Yeah, because you know, um, people are been talking about Kenny and wanting him to kind of get a little bit more shine because every, you know, how some wrestling fans get when uh, wrestlers aren't exactly who they are from one company over to another, and they uh, kind of try to tell them how they should be. Like, they want him to go back to the cleaner, and yeah. they want him to, yeah, for sure. Now, granted, if that's what Kenny wants to do, awesome. Great. But, like, don't do it just because people want you to. No, and I think that Kenny could honestly do pretty much whatever role he set himself out to do. Right. I mean, he's just such a amazing talent. Like, they could they could put him in any situation, and he would excel. Um, I definitely think he should go for a singles run. I actually noticed in the uh, graphics when they were coming out to the ring, Kenny right now has a record of 21 and 4, which would definitely put him in running for the title. Like, if he's not the number one contender, he's pretty close if they were to use that ranking. But since he's been in the tag team, you know, stuff for a while, they just kind of lost focus of that. Because I think the number one contender was uh, MJF only because he had been undefeated. But in terms of, like, the number of matches and the win-loss record, like, Omega's up there. Because, right. because, because you know, AEW does take their win loss records very seriously, and it 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 dictates title opportunities and matchups and things like that. Like that is a big part of their thing. Is the win loss records mean something? Right. And I, actually, I want to bring that back up when uh, sure. we get when we get to the main event tonight. Okay, for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, so great tag match, and it sets up a lot of dissension between you know Omega Page and, and kind of like you know paints a picture of like what could come next with with both of them yeah. um probably now going into a singles uh career i would assume for the both of them right and now well, what's next for ftr you know sure i mean domination at this point i think they're the tag team to beat i don't think there's many that could really touch them right now right um and then uh the next match like i said man at the beginning of the show i i, I this would have been a great match had it not been for the gimmick but um Hey, if Orange Cassidy's in the co-main event, then it's all good for me. That's all that matters is that he's getting, you know, his his comeuppance and he's, you know, he is, you know, getting the exposure he needs and deserves. Then it's fine by me. Yeah, freshly squeezed is definitely becoming uh more of a a household name day by day, in in the wrestling community. Like everybody's seen. Well, of course, there's gonna be people that hate him. But I feel like there are more people that love him as a character. I, I think I think when you get his his style of comedy and 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 his you know his ability as a wrestler, um, 
I've only known about Orange Cassidy for maybe two years. Um, he was the independent wrestling TV champion for at least a good year before he made the switch to AEW. And in that time, he's had some really hilarious matches. Uh, one in particular was at a Beyond Wrestling show last year. We wrestled a uh, wrestler named Archibald Peck from Chikara. He also was on WWE as a like behind the scenes, you know, backstage talent coordinator kind of guy. Yeah. But but amazing, hilarious dude. And I think that comedy and wrestling is something that is really overlooked. And and if 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 you can really accomplish being funny and being a skilled wrestler, like that is so much harder than being just a good wrestler. It is a delicate balance. It is is a very thing. It's a very hard thing to pull off. I agree because uh not everybody could pull off Lord Cassidy's character, you know. That's I agree. A, that is a that is a very uh like a very difficult character to play because because uh it it just wouldn't work with anybody. Like if anybody were just to do those sorts of situations, like you have to be very crafty on how you uh kind of deliver with that type of with that type of character. Yes, and the people that he wrestles have to play off of that and know kind of where he's coming from and if they just blow it off then it loses all meaning like they really have to and i think jericho does that well i think jericho really plays the part of like you're an idiot you you don't care about this you don't take this seriously like i'm gonna embarrass you you know um so he he, he plays that off very well because i think jericho himself can play comedy and wrestling very well yeah extremely well but um yeah but you know but hey orange cassidy getting exposure is good by me um i would say if you get a chance to watch some of his stuff from beyond wrestling um, there's YouTube videos all over the place from some of his earlier stuff in the indies. I mean, I, I remember watching one match where he got really fired up where they said that the Fast and the Furious movie sucked once The Rock oh, showed up. Yeah. And, and, he, and, he, and he about lost his mind. <laughs> like, it was, the, <laughs> it was the funniest thing. Yeah, I, I think I remember seeing him in a match with uh, Kylie Ray. Okay, and yeah. Yeah, he did, he, did, he did a couple of intergender matches, and they're, they're also really fun, too. Yeah, Orange Cassidy is just a really, really talented wrestler. But, you know, also, you know, of course, kudos to Chris Jericho. I absolutely love it when uh, they cut off they cut off uh, Judas just so the crowd can sing it. That's oh, sure. That's yeah, such, I mean, that's such a wonderful thing that lets you know how impactful you are as a human being. And if they mm-hmm. can, they cut your theme entrance music and the crowd continues to sing. it. Oh, yeah. Now, Jericho has earned his like all all credit to him like he he's earned every accolade he's ever had thrown at him like and for him to give these matches to Cassidy and really kind of like elevate him as a competitor and put him in the spotlight because like I said like you not everyone can work off of his style so Jericho like not only giving that opportunity to him but also like really like trying to work this guy up and to really like showcase him like he's you know, he doesn't have to do that. He's kind of put himself in a place now where he could just be the guy that wins and then no one would even bat an eye at it. Like, it's been, that's the way it's been for years is, like, these main wrestlers, these veterans can come in and just kind of run the show. Like, he's not about that. Like, he's about elevating, you know, other talent, and that's that's a huge deal. Yeah, that definitely is a huge deal. But um, as for, like, the wrestling aspect of the match, I can't, nec- I can't really remember. I believe there was, like, a lion tamer. It was like, uh, or a wall is a Jericho. Yeah, um, I can see that. There was a wall is a Jericho. There, um, you know, there was a couple orange punches. No, mm-hmm. Ju- no Judas effect, I believe. Yeah, not and, that I'm aware of. 
and then just kind of like a couple of spots where it was like, oh, who's going in? Who's going yeah. in the mimosa? Yeah, so, the hanging off the ropes kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. that was kind of a little silly for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, agreed. But I mean, like you said, like uh, the match, if not for the gimmick, I still could see you know them just having a third blow off match. Fine. But this is what they wanted to do, and you know, I, I can see it. You know, the uh, little bit of the bubbly versus freshly squeezed orange Cassidy. It makes sense. It does. Yeah. yeah. I just I don't know. Um, if anything, they could have promoted a new line of orange juice, you know, and maybe kind of made some profits from that. All right. So yeah. maybe, maybe maybe there's some marketing there I wasn't aware of. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, Orange Cassidy, obviously like sky's the limit for him now and Jericho, you know, I'd like to see what he gets into now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, both, both of them, like, I'm glad that they're at the position they are in the company, you know, and that makes me very happy. Yeah. They're doing a great job. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, oh, and then, um, after, after this match and then, yeah, this match, well, the Mimosa match, like it was great, but at the same time, I didn't necessarily like need it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I... it was fine, but I think everyone was kind of expecting like the main event to be the real like showstopper. Yeah, and now speaking of said main event, uh, Lance Archer is going to face the winner of this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's between John yeah, Moxley it... and yeah. MJF. MJF, and, and the stipulation being that Moxley is banned from using the paradigm shift, his finishing maneuver. Um, so, so going into that, obviously MJF being the heel he is, is trying to, you know, trying to like get a response from Moxley. He's trying to intimidate, not intimidate him. He's, he's trying to like force him to go for the paradigm shift. Like he is spitting in his face. He is, you know, belittling him. He is calling him names. He is just doing everything he can to get Moxley to use the paradigm shift. Cause if he uses it, it's, it's match over and MJF is your new champion. Right. Um, all the while, MJF also, you know, trying to showcase the fact that Moxley is not a good wrestler like he is. Like, he is a, you know, a skilled wrestler who's practiced and has, you know, learned the science of wrestling. Like, he is the consummate wrestler. And Moxley is just this, like, trash, you know, like, you go out and you do, like, hardcore matches and you, um, you know, George and I talked about it on a previous episode and, and you know, really talking about how Moxley's background and his upbringing as a wrestler is night and day to MJF. Right. Um, and it was fun to watch because during the match, Moxley, you know, really tried to showcase his wrestling acumen and he would throw in moves like the gotch style pile driver. Uh, he threw in the, uh, um, I can't remember the name of it, air raid something. And I think that was a, maybe a nod to fit Finley. Because uh, I know that was Fit Finley's finishing move back in the day. Is that the Air Raid Crash? Is that what Air, Ra- like? Air Raid Crash? Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's Moxley kind of like you know maybe giving his homage to the wrestlers that inspired him. Uh, whereas MJF, you know, he's throwing in submission holds, he's throwing in some dirty tactics. You know, he himself showing, uh, you know, his respect for the you know the dirty heels that came before him. Right. The the Ric Flairs and. Uh, the Eddie Guerreros and, and things like that. Yeah, and he he showcases that very well. He's he's a great heel for it, and, and for how young he is too. Yeah, I mean they mention it several times. He's only twenty four, yeah. but I mean yeah, he is 
at that age, I mean, it's kind of like it kind of parallels the Orton, mm-hmm. you know, like career path. Like, you know, you're I don't know if he's a product of like a generation of wrestlers. I mean, it seems like he definitely could be. Um, but I don't know what his heritage is. Like if he has, you know, a, a, a family member who is a wrestler. But if not, like he has natural talent, like for sure. Right. Like he, he is outstanding on the mic. He's a great wrestler. Like I could have easily saw him. Honestly, like taking this match, honestly, with no problem. Yeah, I could have seen MJF uh, coming out to be uh, victorious in this match. And I actually uh, really did like that, um, the aspect of that he was just the greater in-ring performer. And then he just tried to refuse to let Moxley take him to the outside. And it was that back and forth, kind of like a, you know, uh, you know, cat and mouse situation. Yes. And they were like trying to chase each other. But, uh, you know, as soon as... MJF would get out the ring. He would hurry up and try to get back in. And, but Moxley did end up catching him a few times, and then that was the detriment. That that was the downfall. Yes. To MJF is like finally getting ca- caught on the outside those couple of times where I believe he got busted open, and then yeah, uh, he got he got thrown into a ring post, and and yeah, definitely, uh, you know, uh, got busted open pretty pretty well. Like he was bleeding pretty profusely through the rest of the match then it like stopped for a minute and then moxley like put him in a like a what a rear naked choke and then he just started bleeding all yes over again. which yeah. definitely shows that that cuts legit because the moment he starts to kind of you know cut some airflow or apply more pressure to the head yeah, yeah that, that that blood starts flowing again really easily right um yeah so some good some good wrestling in this and it was a long match i mean it was well it was over long. 20 minutes yeah. um but ultimately yeah so and i think maybe mjf could have pulled off the victory but unfortunately um the one thing that he had what he thought was is like hey here's my you know insurance policy here's the thing that's gonna make sure i win end up being his downfall right which was um his I guess his associate on the outside, uh, Wardlow, yeah, Wardlow, yes, who was distracting the ref, and while distracting the ref, inadvertently distracting the ref, uh, Moxley goes for the paradigm shift, hits it, and then goes for the pin. Mm-hmm. So I, I'd be interested to see. Like I didn't watch the aftermath, like the show following, so I don't know if that was brought up where he was saying, "Hey, he used the paradigm shift. This is null and void." Actually, I, I haven't yeah. either, and that's probably something that I should take a look into. But I do know I've uh, I did see on Twitter that um, MJF was complaining, saying sure, that, you sure. know, first of all, he said that you know, fuck Wardlow because <laughs> because <laughs> like you're done. Yeah. Um. Apparently, so Wardlow threw the AEW pinky ring into a- MJF so that way uh, MJF could you know, like put it on. Give yeah. give Moxley the old swing and then knock sure. him out. But you know, as he was picking it up, that's when he had bent over and then Moxley hit him with that quick paradigm oh, shit, shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. ex- excellent uh, transition into that. I really, I really enjoyed how they uh, like kind of made that work. And, yeah, um, and it seems like it's very desperate. Like there's a lot of like like going for that move that like split second hesitation. You know, cost someone the victory. Yeah, and I thought yeah. that was really good. But um. But he, but MJ, MJF did mention something on Twitter about saying that he felt that Moxley had cheated, and I just hadn't watched uh, the next episode of Dynamite. I know it was very promo heavy, but mm-hmm. it, which was probably you know in in good taste for it being like the Fallout show for All yeah. Out. Mm-hmm. But um, 
I I do hope that they touched on that a bit. And I don't necessarily want MJF and Moxley to be done. Nope, I but, agree with you. I, I say keep it going. But I also don't want to see Lance Archer versus MJF. Yeah, I think that maybe they do a triple threat and just give like uh, Archer like his opportunity, but I don't see him taking it. But I will say, I think the potential for his... His 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 speaker essentially, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts, him getting into some kind of promo against either Moxley or MJF or both mm-hmm. would be pretty amazing stuff. So I think the possibility of that alone is well worth the price of admission if they end up going that route. Because I mean, Jake the Snake Roberts, for all of he's done in his career and all the struggles he's had, he is amazing on the mic still to this day. Still to this day. I think him and Moxley and, and MJF on the mic. Like going back and forth would be like that'd be just do that. I don't even care about the wrestling at that point. Just do that and I'll, and I'll buy the pay per view. It, it's <laughs> cool with me. That's all you got. Yeah. That's uh, all you need. That's the only selling point you need. And then, you know, somehow squeeze Eddie Kingston in there and make it a fatal four way and just everybody's on the mic. I, you, they could just uh, talk the whole wow. pay per view. And, and that's all you need. <laughs> well, and, and, and it also brings up the point that like, promos are such a big deal in 2020 that like that's that's the resurgence i want to see like i want to see the promo being like the the main draw again right because back in the day you would get excited about a match because of how flair or how dusty or how any of these guys from the past would like you know talk up the match like how they promoted the match uh even you know some like like hogan or, or savage to their credit like they would pump up a match just on their mic work um, and I think that, you know, if we get back to that golden era of, of the promo, I think that a lot of people are going to be like really in for like a clinic, like, and, and some of these guys in AEW can cut promos like no one else. So I, I think that if that's what they're going for, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. And, and it's like, they definitely like they've, they've been like a lot of wrestlers today, especially in AEW have been giving these really, really well thought out just uh heart heart passionate yeah patient just passionate promos Mm -hmm. heartfelt promos i uh even uh the librarian peter avalon yeah if even on bet uh not bet bte bte Mm -hmm. he cuts excellent like little promos for himself too like Mm -hmm. man this the art of the promo is something that i have missed in wrestling and being able to see just or not even see just hear why i should believe in these characters is um it's wonder it's a wonderful thing and i i'm definitely here for it yeah um i agree wholeheartedly and i think that's definitely a good place to stop um so yeah so all we can hope is that the promo is a big deal and hopefully kingston wins the belt i think that's kind of the general consensus we've come to yeah all out yeah if anything else from this from this podcast is we just want eddie kingston to be champion and yep. Bro- Brody Lee can be TNT champion, but yeah. but Eddie Kingston has to be like AEW champion. I love it. And bring Mike in Thunder Rosa. Yes, yes. I think Mike Quackenbush would be very proud uh, of all these talents. It's very exciting to me. Very. Um, so, yeah, so we'll end it there. Uh, Pristel, thank you so much for coming on and talking uh, all things AEW with me. I, I super appreciate it. Not a problem, man. It was It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you uh, do you have anything that you want to kind of throw out there? Anything you want to promote or? Uh, know, like, well, I guess I guess a couple things that I want to say. Um, sure, please. First, 
Uh, if you haven't watched wrestling, give it a shot. It's wonderful. Um, there's many different types of characters to fall in love with. Uh, there's just lots of spectacle, lot of things about the sport. Um, I do. I stream Sonic games every now and then on Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Booknights, B-O-O-G-N-I-T-E-S. And, you know, come out there, hang out every now and then. And uh, don't forget to drink water and to love yourself. You know, that's, well, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. I love it. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll end it there. Uh, right. So thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you again soon. See you.